la 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 wait till i give my money right i had a dream i could buy my way to heaven when i woke i smit that on a necklace so what are what are you looking at you know when you're looking in the facebook ads manager dashboard yeah what are the key metrics that are driving your decision making uh the cost per acquisition is number one cpa yeah after like at least 20 at least i can usually tell after like 32 24 to 48 hours you know 32 hours what how's it going you know um and then within that time frame i look at like add to carts i have a certain you know if if the product is x price i can kind of guess where the add to cart should be Mm, okay gotcha yeah maybe like 25 percent of the cpa or 25 to 50 percent of the cpa yep um i look at that um Keeping out like CPMs a bit to make sure things are normal, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, in line with what they've been historically, but the main the main factor is you know CPA after you know let's say forty eight hours, yeah, sooner. And are most of your products priced similarly? So you have across the board CPAs, or are you saying hey, CPAs for these product lines should be in this? You know, you can obviously afford more of a cost per acquisition for more expensive product. Um, right. Um, yeah, I find that. If the products are similarly priced, I can, I can kind of pinpoint where the CPA is probably going to be. You can probably get better. You can always get better things, but mm-hmm. kind of know where, where I'm going to land. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And how do you choose the product? I mean, one of the other things people have is, and you're in, you know, I know your brand somewhat, the women's fashion niche, especially the uh, age groups you're going for, pretty high com- competition. I mean, you did yeah. not go for those um, kind of, on the fringe groups that have this specialty stuff, you're like, hey, these are fashionable women who are in yeah. that, you know, uh, late teen to early 30s is my guess, uh, mm. mix. Actually, our, our average customer is like 35 plus. Yeah. I was very surprised on Facebook. Okay. Yeah. That's funny. We, we were just looking at, and this is a brief aside, we were looking at our ad uh, data recently and we found that, yeah, we're killing it with these older age groups. But then you look at the demographics of Facebook, and there are a lot more older, engaged people on Facebook than yep. younger. Yep. You know, the younger folks aren't engaging on Facebook. As much, yeah. Yeah, as much. And, um, and they're probably easier to reach in other, other places. Yeah. And one of my other brand that we work on, um, I noticed, very weird, but like, Almost all of our sales are coming from Instagram. And yeah. I, I mean, I have like, automatic placements on, usually when I start things out. And it's always coming from Instagram, and I'm, I'm like looking at the product, and yeah, it's very much like a young kind of thing. You know, all yeah. the ladies don't see it. Right. And uh, I'm just, yeah, it's kind of blown away. No matter what I do, it's just always from Instagram. Yeah. Now, are you your own merchant? Like, are you finding which products you want to be selling to this audience? Yeah, I mean, I have like... Um, so like a team now that helps out, but yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's a big thing, right? Product market fit is your, essentially it sounds like your strategy is really, you find the eyeballs, you, you create kind of sticky marketing campaigns where there's a lot of different touch points in your, not just one size fits all, you're really dynamic to what touch point they're at, what part of the funnel they're in. Yeah. Um, and then you're, you're continuing to, to funnel these, you know, obviously trendy products that are priced at the right point. Yeah. Uh, and maximized. It's a hell of an operation for optimization. Yeah, it's, uh, 
No, it is. But once you've built up your audience, so you know, you can kind of. What happens with Shopify is just pretty sweet. I'm sure it's on other platforms as well. But once you start to bring that traffic in, they see the products and they're responding to them, they're coming in. So they also start to search around your store too. So they type in search. And so it gives yeah. us sort of the lead as to what are the next products should offer. That's great. That's a really good point. So we've used that to mm-hmm. sort of, you know, uh, predict what we could add and throw into the mix. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I think industry standard in e-commerce is 30%, right around the 30% range of on-site searches have null results, so they don't lead to anything wow. effectively. Uh, and it's one of those areas that almost every e-commerce brand is ignoring. They're like, yeah, somebody came here and they looked for uh, sh- this specific type of shoe. And yeah, I have shoes, I just don't have that type. And that's just an easy win, it's right? It's kind of just get those extra, you know, a little bump. Yeah, I think there's some stuff to be said about the search bar. I know Ezra Firestone has some very yeah. cool stuff about how he's optimized his search. Oh, is that right? And he's like, yeah, that's cool stuff. Yeah, I mean, I was in my past, we had, we had over a million designs that created over uh, like 250 million SKUs on a site, and we still had pretty high null result rates. And for us, we played with that. It was like, you know, if you could come up with a null result, there's like this cute little gift that you got and oh, cool. you know it's like engaging <laughs> like oh hey no, that's nice. uh, and then we'll cross sell you you know and, yeah. and we'll design it if there are enough people who are searching for it you know? right um, but it is a great place to find trends so good for you for identifying that because yeah. that's something I think you can't ignore it. so it's many people have luck yeah yeah um, Shopify you said you found that because it's just kind of what you were hooking your clients into back in the day I don't know what it, I mean yeah um, I just I, I thought I had messed with WordPress a lot but yeah when it came to like e-commerce and WooCommerce I just had some clients I worked with in the past you know with my previous agency mm-hmm. style business using WooCommerce was just not enjoyable at all and I just always remember hearing about Shopify and check it out like whoa yeah this thing is sweet <laughs> yeah and the connections the native connections that you have too as far as you can plug your stuff into Facebook. You can plug it into yeah, Amazon. In any channel that you want yeah. is just so powerful. Very much. Yeah. And the app marketplace is really, yeah, really cool. Yeah. So, so tell us about some of these funnels. I mean, um, you know, in the, the pre-show interview, we were talking a little bit about, you know, to see the power of Facebook. You said you need lots of things moving at once. Uh, moving at once. Yeah. So I mean, we've gone into, you know, now we're moving into like sending. Like Mailchimp, we don't use Mailchimp. We use Clavio. Yeah. However you say, Clavio, Clavio, whatever. Um, but I saw on Mailchimp that they have, and I'm seeing this with a lot of apps in the in the App Store, sending postcards, right mm-hmm. from your database to customers. Yeah. Ask customers, like, you know, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, it's pretty wild stuff. And I guess you stand out. Nobody sends snail mail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but Mailchimp just has an integration with it now. Like they have a, an option to. You know, it's a send a campaign, build a landing page, and it's a send a postcard. You know, wow. anyway, Mailchimp is doing something here. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, people sometimes look at Facebook as like, okay, I got to make a sale right now. Yeah. Or you know, it's a failure, but that's not necessarily true because you, know, you just get exposure. You need to get people into the door, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's a, if you have a good product, they like what you have to you know to offer. So you, you can figure out how to make that person you know, profitable, whether it's right now or maybe a few weeks later or a month later, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it has to do with uh, making sure you have all your bases covered, I guess you could say. So uh, having 
some type of way to capture emails. Yeah, because that's that's huge. Yes. Know? So you're playing baseball with like ten strikes, whereas most people go in with one strike and yeah, you have to have yeah. That's yeah. the way. I mean, it has to be that way because e-commerce can have very thin margins. You know, I mean, you have to find ways to get creative. You know, so whether it's you know obviously uh, your nurture campaigns, your welcome series after you grab a lead, your post-purchase email nurture series, you know your winback series. There's, there's so many different things you can be doing to nurture out people have purchased or have not purchased yet. And then your weekly, you know, sales and content and giveaways and things like that. And then, you know, get them onto your messenger list as soon as possible. Messenger is pretty powerful. Um, we're going to start running messenger ads as well pretty soon. Yeah, and are you managing that with bots at all? Or are you managing that? We've messed around with it a little bit. Bots are pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. I still think messenger's like, it's going to be huge. No doubt about it. But it's a little bit like the Wild West right now, you know. Yeah. Um, but we've seen some crazy results with messenger. The open rates are through the roof, right? Yeah, I mean, we've seen like 99% open rates, yeah, <laughs> 90, 90 plus percent open rates. You know? If you're not getting like 80 plus or something, <laughs> right? Something's it's going wild. On. Uh, yeah, they have all these different things going on. You can, you can build up something. That Facebook Messenger sounds like an unregulated SMS. Yeah, oh, they, they, they do have like some rules, you know. They used to yeah. not have so many rules. So. <laughs> that was a little funky one. Now, has Facebook, have the changes over the last six months affected you guys at all? I mean, I know they've I instituted, so you know, more, they've been a little bit more uh, restrictive as far as... Political stuff. Yeah, that the political stuff. But they also instituted within the last year, right, I, uh, at least for people who are in the e-commerce game, some some changes too where you had to have certain reviews and there's feedback and stuff like that yeah does that hurt you I haven't seen so much I haven't seen so much yet it's also like they're not so public about it I don't know I think maybe they're gonna be more strict as time goes by but right now I haven't seen anything yeah I think it's a funky game to play because you know no customer is gonna leave like a a positive review if they're you know like customers who are happy are not just gonna get a week positive review yeah it's just like it's like, the it's like you know it's like you're only gonna get really negative reviews from yeah. those types of things i think it's just something you gotta watch and just have if you have great customer service you can really you know um like be proactive about having a good experience with, with these customers and solve issues yeah just being responsive yeah that's great. I haven't seen any big changes. You know, I haven't. Nothing though. I just years. lost like twenty percent of the market share last last week. <laughs> it'll come back. I mean, those things. Yeah, it's such a wild market. Um, yeah, it's that's that's interesting. So nothing's on the horizon that that worries you too much right now about Facebook. It's not like a big watch out. I, for I think for e-commerce like, folks. No, I don't. Just have a good, good product and a good customer experience. You should be all right. But I, I also think that like it shouldn't just be Facebook that's running the show. Right? You should have. Yeah. You should be diversified. You know, we're we're working towards that right now. More diversification. Yeah, and I think diversification. The other thing is you you'll find uh, more efficient channels. You know, the more you're trying other channels, there, there's a mix there. Like you don't want to try everything. It's a bad idea. Right? Yeah, but it's tempting to. Yeah, <laughs> well, it is. But to but to at least say. You know, hey, here's three to five different channels we're trying, and we're always adding another two and kicking out one or two. You know, right. on some regular basis. I do think that's a pretty healthy approach. Yeah, uh, easier said than done, though. Um, so you said you have a team helping you. Is that a team that's doing customer service, fulfillment, 
ad management, it's all of the above. Yeah, it's pretty much split up into those. Yeah, those three things. Yeah. Gotcha. And then you're personally probably training everyone since you're the subject matter expert. Um, yeah, when it comes to Facebook, yes. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I have like a part, my partner who does all the other stuff, really. Yeah. And provides support if we need it. Nice. Yeah. That's great. Um, so for somebody who's just getting into Facebook, what's your, what's your advice for them? Um, I wouldn't look at it as just like, I'm going to get, you know, rich quick, right? Yeah. You know? it's, it's more like a marathon rather than like a quick race. And uh, to have that mindset going into it. Yeah. Is very important and to make sure that you have all your bases covered before you get started as well. Don't push things off. Like start the retargeting, uh, start collecting emails as soon as possible. And just keep consistent and go at it. Yep. But yeah, I wouldn't look at it as like getting rich quick. It's gotta be yeah, it's like a marathon, you know. And I think that's probably. I, well, first of all, I think that's great advice. But I think the problem that people have are you see all these examples. Yeah, you know, get rich quick. Here's how to run Facebook advertising and do drop shipping and be a millionaire. I mean, it's happened to people. I've seen it. Yeah, <laughs> but, it's happened. But it's very rare. <laughs> but they're but they're they're not the people who are going out spending five hundred dollars on a simple Facebook campaign, not really understanding where that five hundred dollars went, and then stopping. You know, it's the people who are setting up just like you said right. uh, these dynamic campaigns with a lot of touch points, a lot of uh, like a full funnel that's that's totally developed. And um, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, when you spend a dollar to get somebody to click on an ad or whatever you spend, you continue to spend dollars on that person while they convert and then after they convert to extend yeah. their lifetime yeah. value. So not only does your cost per acquisition, you know, is it flexible? It's not like, hey, this is one click that led to it. It's, hey, this is one click and we followed it up with a campaign with, with all these other yeah. pieces you're not okay we got them across the finish line they're done now you're activating them into how can we get more and more out of this person and And being consistent you know having a plan and also watching your numbers you know yeah really watching your numbers and like if you're gonna be a little bit more risky so understand that you know this is uh an investment into learning and also building a business and building an an asset and you may lose a little bit of money but you're also going to gain a lot you know you're going to gain a lot of knowledge you're going to gain experience but uh, like I think probably some of the biggest advice that I've gotten, and I've personally gone through some of these experiences, just not knowing your numbers. It can, it can get very sticky quick. And yeah. Don't be afraid to spend. Don't be afraid to get involved in a venture, but just watch what's going on. I, I, a mentor of mine said, uh, what you expect, you need to inspect. So I think that's very <laughs> good advice. What you expect, you need to inspect. Yeah. That's great. Um, so when it comes to watching your numbers, um, how, how are you guys doing attribution management? I mean, if you're touching somebody a bunch, do you have an idea of the total cost into a person by the time they convert? It is very tough. Attribution is extremely tough for us. I, I, yeah, it's a pain. We used Clear Sailing back in the day, which is a local company. They got bought, and I don't think they're around anymore. But back in the day, that was our biggest, that was our, that's how we cheated. You know, I mean, I could tell you all the way from click to call, um, you know, wherever they converted, whether they clicked online on my website or they ended up hitting three ad campaigns, an email campaign and called, you know, wow. I could track that. And for, for us, it was an unfair competitive advantage because I could spend my dollars that much more efficiently. So it's wild that they're, 
you know, it's got to be tough. And we need to get stronger with our attribution. Like yeah. to understand that because a lot of these third-party apps, the AD, Clavio, whatever it may be, Recart, some of the, like, it always seems to over-report. You know, and Google is like the yeah. the uh, the truth maker. You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> but even Google can be funky. Like it's just attribution seems to be very tricky. Yeah, we were talking to a, another gentleman. He's actually speaking at our, our next event, who uh, runs an apparel, uh, you know, marketing program, um, and he he said, yeah, the way Facebook does it, you know, they've tried to factor in how it's done to discount properly off the conversions. But their big thing is, yeah, they Facebook's smart enough. They know when someone's about to convert, so they'll throw a pixel up somehow, some way to that person, uh, you know, to, to you put just an ad in front of them right before they convert. So, so you have to discount. Facebook numbers seem to always be pretty liberal to me. They're much higher than mm, I've seen them. they should I've be. I've seen it all over the place with Facebook. I can yeah. never really trust everything that I see on Facebook. Just the reporting, you know? Both up and down? Yeah. Wow. I've seen it up and down. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, and But then you get like a halo effect also, you know? You get like people see you out on Facebook and then they go home and Google you later and or you know organic and right. just so many things flying around. And yeah, it just gets a little funky, you know. Especially on Facebook, you get if your ad gets shared, um, you, know, mm. you get a conversion off of that. So like, I don't I don't believe Facebook even attributes that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that I mean, we're, talk, we're talking about human, human beings, you know. So right. It's hard to predict. Trying to make these <laughs> linear creatures out of people who <laughs> yeah, are nothing, linear. not linear at all. Right. Yeah. So many, you know. Right, you know, days of the week and economics and price saturation. There's just so much stuff going on. Yeah. So tell me about Pricing. how you guys dial in that audience. I mean, do you care about days of the week? Do you care about what? Uh, is it pretty much all U.S. based or are you international? Mostly U.S. based, but we have a little bit, you know, like Australia, Canada. Do you care about okay. what states they're in? No. Okay. Okay. So you're like, don't be distracted by this stuff. I think I tried all these things. Demo psycho. Is it mostly just a females in this age range and don't get too much tighter than that? Yeah, I mean after our pixel like really developed that, it still is pretty like strong. Like we don't put so much exclusions at all. Yeah. We do um, yeah, we don't we don't have so many exclusions, you know. Uh, some advice I got from uh, the guy at Companion Labs, Brian's his name. Um, he suggested that you exclude all site visitors from all your prospecting campaigns, uh, 180 days or site visitors, because I guess the pixel will feed out to people that are most likely to convert regardless of which audience they're coming from. And so you can catch on to some people that have already been to your site and that can sort of skew what's really going on with your prospecting mm-hmm. campaigns. Yeah. We just started doing that, excluding that, and he, he, you know, he swears by it. Interesting. Um, that's great advice. That's exactly what Jeff was talking about. Yeah. It's pixel getting people who are near conversion who are going to convert anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's tricky stuff. Yeah. It's fun trying to figure this all out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think I don't think anyone has it fully baked in, but you're certainly closer than most. No, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. I've been doing it for you know not not even that long, but I, I got some experience on that. Yeah. You just kind of have to embrace the randomness of it, you know. Another coach of mine told me this. It's like, okay, good. I'm not the only one that's seeing some random stuff going on. So many pool quotes for this one. <laughs> um, 
so let's talk about scale. Um, yeah. If you're comfortable with it, what like when you're totally firing all cylinders, what do you expect in a month to be making from your Facebook ads, and what do you expect to be spending? Yeah. So we, we kind of have a whole number. That's cool. Whatever we have like a holistic approach to it. So like we know that our like our email campaigns and everything are almost directly related to our Facebook ad spend. Mm-hmm. So you know if we're spending one dollar, we're hoping that we're gonna get two and a half to three to three and a half, you know, with everything included, you know, back. And then squeezing our margins or whatever that we need to do. But, yeah. Yeah. So we spend, you know, we try to scale it up and it gets one thing we we try we're trying to get like to bigger and bigger budgets, but it, it just seems to get uh, more tricky the more you spend, you know, yeah. to manage all this stuff. But we're really investing heavily, you know, resource wise and you know, just time and everything just into video. Um, just one thing that's first of all, video is a lot. Video views are pretty you know, inexpensive. And Facebook wants to keep their people on their platform, and so videos do that. It doesn't actually move people away, right? They can, and it's a good opportunity for the brand because you can make some good content, and you're now interacting with people without making them leave Facebook to go to your website, which is cheaper, right? Right. And then you can retarget those video viewers with an offer, mm. and then you can retarget those people that came to your site. As action takers, right? Yep. So when you put it through your funnel, so when you do video, you now open up a whole another like level of retargeting, and you can get a ton of video viewers worth not so much budget spent. You know, do they? Does Facebook charge? This is my ignorance. They charge on video play. It's like a three second video view. I think they charge on something like that. Gotcha. Actually, but it's not nearly as expensive as a click on that. No, it's like maybe three to five cents. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. And you said you can retarget those viewers. Yeah. Yeah. So it opens up a whole another like audience to So they'd be at the very top of the funnel. Yeah. So the idea is to get that top as inexpensive as possible and as broad as possible. Mm-hmm. The video seems to be like a way to do it, you know. Yeah. So we're we're getting more and more into that. You know, we're having some cool video shoots pretty soon for our brand. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to have you back on to talk about videos. On, yeah, on yeah we're just kind of getting started with it. That's know. awesome. More, That's... more advanced videos. I mean, people do the slideshows and things like that. Right, right. Well, within uh, fashion, I mean, you can get pretty good video. I mean, it can be yeah. some good stuff. It doesn't just yeah. have to be, right. buy this. That's cool. <laughs> right. Just warm up the audience. Maybe not even sell them on the first touch. But just getting right. to know what you're doing. So it's just really awareness. I mean, yeah, full top funnel awareness. You know that that, that uh, audience, that pocket, as big as possible. Yeah. Feed through the rest of your experience and then remarket them. Yeah. And you know, and just being on top of your game, these things change so fast. Everything's changing very quickly. Idea. Have you played around with influencer marketing at all? A little bit. Um, we use a product called Grin, it's a SaaS product called Grin. Um, and they're building something pretty interesting. We've had some success with it on a small scale. It's basically like, um, they, they allow you to search all the social media networks, right? They don't invite influencers necessarily. They, like they do have a way that you can just quick search through all of, I think they just pull everything. Yeah. And, and then they allow you to, to like, it's almost like a CRM. That they built out it allows you to email them with like temper the messages, mm-hmm. right? Get their responses and then have like automated follow up drip campaigns oh. to recruit. 
Right. Wow. So it's marketing, almost email marketing to them to or message them. marketing. Yeah, and then to bring them in. Because the, the, I think the biggest challenge that we've had when we tried in the past and then we didn't go forward is because it's, it's really a pain to reach out to a bunch and then oh, yeah. to keep track of that whole relationship management. So these guys are kind of allowing you to reach out and then they'll help you manage it and then create campaigns. And it sort of looks like a, like a pay advertising platform. Yeah. You know? So we've tried that. Uh, it still seems to be a little bit you know wonky because again, those are human behaviors and it's tough to predict it obviously right yeah um it's already challenging with facebook to like predict those things oh yeah just <laughs> adding another unpredictable channel yeah yeah but uh um, yeah. we've had some weird experiences like you know where we have a we, we first tried it on micro influencers so like five to twenty five thousand followers and yeah they'll just take a product for a shout out yep We've had, and then we've tried it with like 100,000 plus, and that five to 25 got us like you know 10 times the sales. And we just yeah, had such weird things happening. Yeah, yeah, that, that's it's, it's very unpredictable. Influencer marketing is tough. Yeah, uh, there, there are a few people who it seems like really have dialed in, but it's it's a tough thing. You can lose a, lose a lot of money yeah. doing it too. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. easy. Place I think to it's, good, it's a good idea to, to practice with these micros and just get yeah. the product. Yeah, no, that's good advice. We have not. One thing that we have found for sure to be a value add with influencer marketing is that you can get very good branded content for your site because of these people. And, and I think that's the best. I'm not. I'm not 100% convinced on like that as like a real predictable ad channel. Although Grin is trying to create that. Yep. I don't see it just yet. I think that they could do it, but we'll see. Um, but one thing that I, I am convinced on is that you can get a lot of high quality content for like your brand. You know, you can get people using your product, you can get people doing very cool shout outs on Instagram for you, and then you repurposing that content for ads, for paid ads, yeah. and for follow up, and that's for sure. That's cool. Nice. We've got some very cool stuff on that. Influencer generated content. Huh? Yeah, it's like user generated content in a sense. Yeah. You have more control over that. Right. And if you get some conversions, then that's a bonus. But. Yeah. Right. Totally. That's, that's awesome. Iron, what uh, you're more in the weeds than I am. What what questions do you have? Yeah, I'd love to know if you're um. So when you're starting a new ad on Facebook or Instagram, are you still testing out ad copy and URLs and you know call to actions? What are you testing out when you start a new ad, or is it strictly you know you kind of found the formula and stick to it? Um, well, I never say I found the formula because things are always changing. I think as soon as you say you found something, it's already gone. <laughs> yeah. But there is sort of like a method that I have been using that seems to be working. I always want to try new things. Mm-hmm. Um, I found the biggest attribution to uh, the success of a campaign is going to be that, that either that image or that video. Okay. Not so much the copy. I mean, as long as you have your links and things direct and clear, yeah. I find that it's like the image or the video, 100%. And do you always go professional for the creative as far as getting videos made or images put together? No, do you do it in no, no. I think sometimes people appreciate some amateur stuff, you know? Helps you stick out for sure. Yeah, it's more like authentic, you know? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. What does your placement look like? Are you using the audience network? Are you using the right column? No. No. Nope. We never test the audience network or the right column. Really? Yeah, I don't see anything from it. <laughs> yeah. We use the news feeds, basically. No, we don't Instagram. There's not always. Uh, Instagram, surprisingly, is sometimes underperforming. But, uh, yeah. Do you notice anything weird with, you know, the engagement you get on the post? Kind of a side note on ads we were running. We had one recently, and, of course, we're targeting Shopify users, and we had an ad that had about, you know, 200 comments on it. 
And what it ended up being is, you know, Shopify store owners just dropping links to their stores in the comments. Yeah. It was just weird because they think they're, you know, marketing to customers, but it's really just, you know, we're targeting other store owners. So nobody's going to buy from that comment right. they left there. But have you noticed anything like that with the engagement you get? You know, people leaving weird comments or it kind of going the way you didn't expect as far as how yeah, people perceive the ad. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you can do exclusions on your, uh, like you can have Facebook automatically delete comments yeah so you put in keywords and things like that you yeah remove that so we use that you know but it also like helps you figure out um, <clears throat> like just like what people are looking for also you can read the comments and figure out what's what are, how are people reacting mm-hmm. it's great you can get like, instant feedback in a second you know? yeah when yeah. ever in the world of business because <laughs> you just automatically get that feedback right that's good right? yeah it's a powerful tool if it's used correctly yeah that's for sure but it's yeah a lot of times I feel like it's the wild west. Or <laughs> yeah. And you mentioned before when you're trying to scale up, you know, the key is really to have a lot of small budget ads. What would you say is a good budget to start out with for somebody who's, you know, f- new to Facebook advertising? Or is it more dependent on the, the market and the niche? Yeah, I think all the above. But um, I mean, I start off with just $10 a day behind assets, but now I don't do any less than like 25 Okay. Yeah. I see a mixture of small budget ad sets and then like bigger budget ad sets. There's a good, there's a good balance there. You just kind of figure out where it is. Yeah. And are you at the point where you know a good ad going into it? Like if you have five ads lined up, can you say this one's going to win for sure? I'm almost there. Like I, a lot of times I'm calling them before. Um, but it's still, I think it's just, there's so many factors there. Like, I don't even want to say I'm almost there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have to just get it out there and, uh, you know. Yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah. Especially, it really depends on industry, you know, niche. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I miss ours consistently. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Great job. <laughs> it goes out. I'm like, nobody liked it. Yeah. <laughs> And some junky little ad that we toss together <laughs> using, you know, MS Paint or something goes out and everyone loves yeah. it, yeah. Do you test out any, um, you know, out of the out of the ordinary ad channels like Reddit or Quora? I have not. Not? Mm-mm. I like to stick to things that are like proven to scale, I guess. Yeah, the Reddit one's pretty new. I know they did some updates to it recently, but... Are you seeing anything there? Uh, no, we had like no results there. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough one. There's also dangers of Reddit too. Like, I mean, the community's interesting. Not for <laughs> none. <laughs> they can take you up or down. Yeah. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One thing I think is interesting too is with um, advertising on Facebook is how it can really generate page likes. And it seems like now, if you have a new page you're creating, really the only way to grow it is to through paid advertising and. Really, that's how we've grown ours is through people liking the page and just through, yeah, you know, um, the ads. And then you can invite people to like the ads, to like the page. It just seems like, yeah. from a business standpoint, Facebook has really just moved in completely to the pay-to-play space. 100%. I don't even know what organic yeah. is doing. <laughs> we have existing. a little bit, though. I could tell you kids about back in my day <laughs> when you could post to Facebook and get on a news feed without paying. Oh, my gosh. Wow. It's wild. <laughs> right here. Um We've seen a lot of success also with like the engagement audiences. So people that like posts in the past like 30, 60, 90, 180 days. Yeah. Those are some cool audiences to play with. There's, they vary in size depending upon you know, 
how much you've been spending. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there's no there's no free anything anymore. Right? <laughs> yeah. So what's your um what's your rule that you have set for when to kill an ad? Is it the you know frequency CPA, CPA? CPA yeah, it's based on CPA and certain products. So you don't really pay attention to the frequency or the relevance score? I don't pay attention so much to the relevance score. Hmm. I mean I know my audience pretty well. I know what will be relevant. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean it's going to convert all the time, but like, I, I've just seen so many weird things. I've seen like high relevancy score with nothing, and I've seen low relevancy score with a lot. You know? So yeah. It's like, I so, only really pay attention to frequency with retargeting. Okay. Yeah. Like anything above like five, I think we start to chill out on scaling it. <laughs> Five's pretty high. Actually, it's <laughs> like seven to ten, you know? Yeah. Jeez. That was high. But it's all about the dollars at the end of the day for you, right? So, CPA. Cash in, cash out. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much there that I think it can be easy to get distracted. I mean, even when we look at ads, we'll say, hey, these hyper-specific things are going so well. Can we mirror that? Can we just match that with the next campaign? But doesn't always work. Yeah, it's just too dialed in. And Yeah, I notice when the audiences are very dialed in, it's, it gets tricky for Facebook to spend efficiently. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. That's, I mean, I like the mass market products. You know, a lot of people out there. <laughs> right, right. And, uh, as long as you have some some cool marketing going on, good messaging, imagery, things like that, you can get further. That's for sure. Yeah, and you remarket off of Facebook, like you Google yeah, remarketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could do more for sure. Should. That's a good <laughs> one. Do you pay a lot of attention to your placements on that one? They play. They like to just place in the junkiest spots, whenever possible. Not not so much. Yeah, it's so cheap that a lot of people don't really care. Yeah. So what I'm throwing up in a random, you know, app (laughs) on the Android App Store. Who cares? Yeah. (laughs) Have you um played around with that new tool they have where you can look at competitors' Facebook ads now? A little bit, but a little bit. I think there's a way you can. Turn it off, yeah. I think there's like a. You could turn around. your page into like a, competitive, like a community page or something. Yeah, something like that. I'll just take it off. I mean, I know people are looking at ours. And just yeah. I see people copy them all. Oh, really? Yeah. Try to throw out something that's real weird just to throw them <laughs> off your scent. All right. Or use other pages as well. Yeah. yeah. This has been the Columbus Ecommerce Podcast. Max, I want to thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I think me and Chris got a lot of information. I'm sure our listeners did too. So thanks, you guys, for tuning in, and we'll be back next week on the Columbus Ecommerce Podcast. Cheers.